When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Social Daily, Premier League update. Hello, thanks for joining us on Football Social Daily. More Premier League news than you can shake a stick at every single day of the season. If you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe. It's free and it means you'll never miss an episode. I'm Jim Salverson and on today's show, we're going to be having a look back at Liverpool and Chelsea's wins in the Champions League last night. Both may be a lot tighter than some fans would have liked. We're going to be looking ahead to Wolves. Manchester United and Arsenal all playing in the Europa League tonight and Gareth Southgate is announcing his latest England squad later today. It's Thursday today by the way. Will it be the same old same old or will there be some of the Premier League's top performers making a case for being included in that squad? We're going to be chewing over the footballing fat today with Marley Anderson and Steve McNaughton. How are you boys? I'm very well. As you hear Steve we might as well start with the champions of Europe defending their championship last night against Red Bull Salzburg. A seven goal thriller. Mm, yeah, a bit too close for comfort that, wasn't it? Particularly as you were 3-0 up at half-time. I mean, mm. that's a bit of a collapse that could have gone badly wrong for Liverpool. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, our defensive um, prowess went missing last night, <laughs> shall we say. I think, obviously, you know, Joe Gomez come in for, for uh, you know, Joe Matip and, mm. and he was a big miss as well. I think Gomez is... is a, I've said on the podcast before, I think he's not in great form at the minute, but he's not getting a lot of games. So there is that rust there. And I think, you know, Virgil had a bad night as well last night, which is very uncharacteristic of him. Turned and, inside in the out. Champions League, yeah. Yeah, and I just think it was it was just one of them things. But credit to, to Salzburg. They're, you know, they're a good side and they've got some really nice players mm. in that team. And I think, you know, when all's said and done, you look back at it and just think, yeah, they've won 4-3 and that's the main thing. Still dead confident on going through the group because I think they'll beat Genk home and mm. away. And I think if they can beat Napoli at home and get a draw away at Salzburg, they, they're going through quite comfortably. I have to say, you say Liverpool were defensively frail last night. I watched the highlights. I didn't see the full game. Yeah. I'm sure you did, but I didn't. And I didn't think they were that bad defensively. I mm. thought Salzburg just scored some great goals. Apart from maybe Van Dyke being sold that dummy but that kind of thing happens anyway yeah of course I they it just does. scored good goals it, it, and the, the the lad who I think his name's He Chi Huang isn't it who scored good the, Huang uh, Huang <laughs> yeah, Huang, uh, Wang. He Chan Huang He Chan Huang um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway he took his goal wonderfully and he looks a player and half to, to the point where I've, I've you know I've just been speaking to one of my friends on WhatsApp and I said I hope that we didn't let him leave Anfield without agreeing a deal for him I thought he was that mm-hmm. good last night and I think there's a couple of players, the mid, the other midfielder, Minamino, is that what he was called? Minamoto. Minamoto. Uh, getting the, all these horribly is wrong on this morning. Uh, he, you know, he looks a player as well. Oh, sorry, Minamino, I got it wrong. Minamino. Yes. Uh, anyway, we've got her in the end. <laughs> but you he say looks, Mino, I say Mito. Yeah, he looks a player as well. And I think, you know, obviously all, a lot of the talk was about Haaland before he's come on, scored a goal pretty quickly, yeah. took it well. Um, very encouraging some of our play last night. I thought Andy Robertson's goal was spectacular. That was a great uh, you know, even the, the position he got himself in, it was a striker's finish, and I think that the link up between him and Trent was was superb. And he started that move from in his own half as well. Mm-hmm. Just really, you know, that is the epitome of 
football under Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. And I think lots of positives. Um, what was quite interesting is that I don't think Salah and Mane are on great terms with each other. Oh, really? Yeah. What was it that gave that away? Because I thought Mane had a great game last night. Yeah. And what impresses me most about Mane is his direct, aggressive running. Mm. He just seems to terrify defenders when he's going full pelt at them. Yeah. But you're saying that relationship's not quite I, sparking. I, th- I think, I think you know, I, I love the thrump free at Liverpool. I wouldn't swap him for anyone in all honesty. Um, I think what I've noticed with them is that they're not passing to each other a great deal. And when um, uh, Salah scored the third goal last night, um, you know, Mane didn't really celebrate with him. He celebrated with the group, but didn't actually look at him. Mm. Uh, and I was just looking at it, it might be between in between the lines. I thought, I don't reckon that beef's being quashed me. I but just was think- there a beef there? Surely it wasn't a proper beef. It wasn't, I seem to remember now, correct me if I'm wrong, because it was so insignificant, I've pretty much forgotten. Salah didn't pass to Mane. Yes, when, Burnley, Mane when we beat Burnley 3-0. Yeah, and that supposedly caused yeah. a bit of a rift which was dismissed but you think there's something there I just that? think there's still grow something the there fuck up. I, yeah, but <laughs> seriously I just what me grow up all them <laughs> yeah, but I just think that looking at it I just don't think it's totally quashed me and, and it's not a problem because some of the most successful teams you know I think that some of the strikers haven't been on you know the best of pals so it's not a yeah, massive issue but famously it was Andy Cole and Teddy and Sheringham, Sheringham fucking hate each, yeah, hate you know, each other and, and, they never spoke yeah I the think they're all right now aren't they I think that there's been yeah. communications being re-established but it's not a problem. I just think that it's quite interesting watching the dynamic between them. And I think, you know, um, lots to be positive about last night. It was an entertaining game. And when, when it's all said and done, we've still got the points and, and, and you know, marching on, really. Um, but we'll see what happens here at the weekend with well, Leicester. I'm a bit nervous about it. That's it. Jurgen Klopp was saying after the game that, I mean, he called Liverpool out on their defensive frailties last night and said, if we defend like that against Leicester then Jamie Vardy's going to have an absolute field day yeah, absolutely. against us. Is that the game that's going to be the potential banana skin for Liverpool? That, well, that five-point gap is slowly going to start creeping down? I think it will anyway. I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of nip and tuck across the season. You know, City will go back ahead. You know, Liverpool will catch them up, maybe overtake them, depending on which way the games will fall. Obviously, Liverpool are away in December, you know, in, in the arse and the nowhere, uh, playing in the World Club Championship. So I think it'll change hands a few times across the season anyway. So that doesn't really bother me. But last season, we drawn with Leicester at home and, and it was a tough game. They're a good side. You know, they play good football. Brendan Rodgers has got them playing really nice stuff. And they're quite you know together as a group as well and I think it's one of our toughest games of the season at the weekend but October's tough for us mm. I, I don't think there's a, there's a game I'd rather watch this weekend than Liverpool-Leicester yeah. if you give me any other two teams in the Premier League it's probably not as good a game as that to be yeah. honest because Palace versus Leicester. West Ham on Saturday evening <laughs> is that the evening yes, kick-off is it yeah. I'd rather Box fall down the stairs than watch that gym they pull some like you know Sky you know some of these or BT these games yeah. they, they, they prioritise I mean Leicester-Liverpool's at three o'clock on Saturday surely that's a TV game yeah that sounds like a good game uh, you know um, but they're, they're a good set. I'm expecting our first draw of the season on Saturday right I'm going to make one of these now the big call big call so this what is a the big hell was that? call it's a big call it's a big <laughs> statement because I'm not going to say better football but I think Liverpool are playing more exciting football than Manchester City are this season okay I think City play some beautiful passing patient creative football but Liverpool just seem to have a cut and a thrust that makes them exciting to watch there's never a dull moment with them and I think last night you know when they've conceded three goals you, that, that that's 
the you know the typical Liverpool performance really. Um, the, I, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it is a big call as the uh, the new uh, <laughs> whatever the call buzzer bit, bit of whiz bang uh, bit of whiz bang. You know, like I say, it's coming. But I, I think there's nothing between them. Uh, I think you know Liverpool will probably draw City or win because I think they've who've City got this weekend. They've got Watford. Um, they've got not got Watford. Obviously, no. they've got got Wolves, haven't Wolves. they? So you know they're going to get three points there, and if we draw, mm. obviously that gap is, is is closing all the time. I'm not too concerned about it. Eight games into the season, um, but you know it's it's going to be an exciting race again. It's going to be stressful, and it's going to feel like it's taken an eternity. Quick word before we move on to Chelsea on Liverpool being allowed to continue in the Carabao Cup after feeling an illegal player against MK Dons who hadn't got international clearance. They got a 200 grand fine, 100 grand this season, 100 grand next season not expelled because of quote mitigating circumstances have they got away with that yeah you think they should have been expelled i don't uh, well I don't, expulsion is you know quite strong but well gray's athletic were expelled two weeks ago from the fa cup for exactly the same thing were they really yeah, yeah well i think you know when it's someone like a liverpool or if it's a man city who did or gray's man athletic have international clearance for? <laughs> they had a fellow who'd been playing in america oh my for word. a couple of games i think and then he came back i don't know the full story i'll be honest but i think that the punishment probably fits the crime i think it's very difficult with someone like gray's because they probably haven't got a a lot of money to pay a big mm. fine, you know, for it. I mean, the Caribou Cup essentially want Liverpool in it. Yeah, of course they? they do. You know, they want they want all the big teams in it because it's better for them as a spectacle. And I think, you know, hundred grand now and hundred grand suspended is is you know, let's be honest about it. It's a drop in the ocean mm. to Liverpool, isn't it? And it's just like a slap on the wrist for someone not having that admin in order. And and it's just it's embarrassing, really. Stuff like that, I just don't think should happen at this level. Yeah. Let's talk about Chelsea. We've gone on about Liverpool for ages now, which is the perils of having a Liverpool fan in the studio. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about Chelsea for a little bit because they got their first Champions League win of the season over Lille. And it was nice to see Lampard keep into his plan this season of playing youngsters. 19-year-old Reese James got a game and a defender whose name I can't pronounce, but I'm going to have a good go. Fika Aotomori. Fika Aotomori. You're very good with these pronunciations, Marley. Yeah, fuck yeah. off, Marley. Read it to you. <laughs> yeah. Which is good to see. I mean, it's good to see him sticking to his guns and playing the youngsters. Mm. And it's good to see them getting a win in the Champions League, I guess. Yeah, they were... Um, it was typical Chelsea last night. They were they were good going forward and a bit suspect at the back. Um, Tamori played with Zuma at centre-back. And that's never... When you've got Zuma, you're always a bit like... Mm. I just don't think he's the most sort of well-rounded he's very good at times and he's also very bad at times it's a really incredible thing to say where losing David Luiz has made your defence weaker isn't it <laughs> but it seems like that's the case at Chelsea I, th- I think when everyone gets it right though they're a better they're a better defence but because he's he's made a lot of changes at centre-back this season because he started off with um, obviously Rodiger injured and he's mm. had Christensen and Zuma and then he brought Tomori in and then it's been Tomori and Christensen in the Premier League and then last night it was Tomori and Zuma so no one's really had a chance to get a settled partnership and that's that's huge at centre-back. That's more important than anywhere else on the field, I, I would uh, think, or I would definitely agree with. Um, but they were they were decent going forward again. I mean, they played um, Marcos Alonso at left-back um, and he, he gives them a little bit more going forward. Um, doesn't really solve your defensive issues. Um, but Willian scored a great goal um, from Hudson-Odoi who came on as again, mm. again as a a sub in the second half uh, and Tammy Abraham scored a great goal as well where um, a ball was fired into the box and he controlled it like just perfectly and it's then put it past player. the goalkeeper 
he is a good player. Mm. Um, that was his eighth last night, wasn't it, of the season as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, eight goals is, you know, how many games has he played? Probably seven. Yeah. Set. Eight now, time, actually, yeah, because it's, it's two Carabao Champions Cup. League games. Carabao Cup. I well. want to talk a little yeah. bit more about Abrahams in a minute, but Willian, I thought, had a great game last night as well. 300th mm. game for Chelsea. I, I don't get the criticism that. he gets because he seems to be a little bit disliked by the Chelsea fans. But whenever I've seen him play, he seems to have a great game. He seems to make good decisions. He's good with dead ball situations. Mm. Maybe he just heats tuna up in the kitchen and that's why people <laughs> there. I really don't like him. <laughs> I think he's just... It's because he's, he's got the talent. Like, everyone knows he has insane talent. I just It's, it's just his consistency, I think. Mm. People get frustrated by the fact that he doesn't do it every single week and, and that sort of holds him back from being... Like very good to like you know one of the best in the Premier League, um, but when he when he gets it right, I mean he took his volley brilliantly last night. Like the ball came over, and he had to watch it the entire way. He managed to hit it down through the defender's legs in front yeah. of him and back up and over the goalkeeper. I watched it a few times and couldn't work out whether the keeper maybe should have done a little bit better. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought because it was well. right over his head. It does bounce straight over him, doesn't he? But there you go, it went in. Can't. Speaking of keepers, Kepper was determined to lose Chelsea a point or two <laughs> points because he had a bit of a shocker at the end. He had standard couple, though. He had a couple of. Uh, he was let down by his defence once, to be fair, and he was given a a bit of a dodgy pass back by Tamori on the second one. But it was just one of them where he sort of juggled it and he tried to kick it with his left foot on the volley. And it was like a six-year-old kicking a ball because it just went about six inches in front of him and he had to throw himself at the feet of a striker to then get himself out of the shit. But he, they just about survived and he he, he did the right thing. Basically. I just think they've, they've, you know, he's a world record price for a goalkeeper. Him. Yeah. The level you'd expect off mm. someone like that, it's just, he, he's nowhere near him for me. I think he's very good. Uh, I think he's good, but in terms of being world-class, I think, is he, is he in the top five goalkeepers in the world? Probably not. He's just good unless you try and substitute him. Spain's then number one. Problems <laughs> as well. yeah. Let's yeah, talk yeah. Uh, about Tammy Abrahams then. You mentioned him earlier. England announced their next squad later today. Tammy Abrahams is yet to make his full England debut. I think they've done it, you know, mate. I think they've done it. Have they done it? Yeah, they yeah he's the in two o'clock. I think him and... Uh, in, no. in, in Tamori are in it aren't they yeah the, so the, it officially comes out at 2 o'clock ah oh, right sorry um, but it always gets leaked so, okay. uh, All right, sorry Jim, Abraham and Tamori because Abraham's can still play for Nigeria at the moment because he's not played his full England debut mm. so this is kind of potentially England putting a little bit of a flag in the sand almost and going right you're, you're ours now but whether he plays or not is a completely different matter whether he starts I'd love to see him starting and I think he's probably the informed forward English forward in the Premier League at the moment but yeah. whether he will or not is a completely different matter. Well, Sky, Sky reporting that him and Tamori have received England call-ups in the, the squad to be announced this afternoon, I think he's, they're both worthy additions to it, mate. I think I'd like to see Tammy Abraham play for England up front. Um, I don't know where he's at mentally in terms of making a decision on his international future, but I think it's got to be good news for England because he's a lad who's stepped up into the Premier League <laughs> and is just delivering most weeks for them. Mm. So mm. I think it's just really positive news for England. And when you look at the usual England suspects that would maybe fulfil that role, Rashford, Harry Kane, Harry Kane you'd take, but Tammy Abrahams is the informed player out of that yeah. at the moment. You'd pick it For me, I'd pick him ahead of Rashford at the minute. Yeah, same. I was talking to a Man United fan yesterday morning in the gym, and he was he was scathing about Rashford. Yeah. Uh, he was really unhappy with him, which I thought was a touch harsh. Mm. But um, 
there's no denying the form that Abraham's in. He, he scored some great goals. He's got a good attitude, um, good energy. He's pacey. It's just a win-win for England. That. And as you say, he scored eight goals this season, whereas yeah. Rashford's record is 10 in a season. Something along those lines. He's only reached double figures once, I think. In so his, you, yeah, you know, you'd hope career. that, that yeah. Tammy would would you know hit over twenty this season. Then you know, based on the yeah. start that he's had, considering we're in October. But I know he may not because he might get injured. And that, but I, I'd certainly fancy him over Rashford at this. Let stage. me very quickly throw some other England names at you that I thought potentially might be included in the squad when it's announced. Are you going to name Mark they, Noble? Yeah, <laughs> just seven times. <laughs> yeah, so players that I think maybe should have been included, maybe on the cusp of being included. Just give me yes and no's for these guys. You can justify if you like. Dean Henderson. No. No. Fine. <laughs> James Tarowski. No. Mm, Best sure. defensive stats of any Premier League player this season. 15 tackles, 10 interceptions, 28 aerial duels run. Yeah, well, that's but what, he has more to do as well. Yeah, I was going to say, and also the way Burnley play, they never have the, never have the ball. Like they just Back to the wall, doesn't it? Yeah. England yeah. looked very shaky defensively in the last couple of games. I think he could do a job for him. I uh, think, yeah, maybe. Jack Grealish? No. No. We've already covered Tammy Abrahams. Callum Wilson was my last one. Five goals for Bournemouth this season. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see him included. Definitely. It, if you're going if you're gonna have four strikers in your squad, mm. Abraham, Kane, Rashford, and Wilson would be that fourth one, I would think. Mm. Yeah, I'd go with that, Marley. Yeah. Not yeah. By the time you listen to this podcast, you might already know who Southgate has picked, but that is our view. Right, we're gonna come back in a minute. We're gonna talk about Arsenal in the Europa League, Wolves and Manchester United playing tonight as well, and we're gonna celebrate the birthday of a certain Zlatan Ibrahimovic as well. <laughs> that is coming up on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily Premier League updates. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Let's talk about the Europa League games tonight, which I really struggled to get any level of excitement about at all, I'm afraid. So we're going to rattle through these fairly quickly before we celebrate the birthday of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That's the big one. That is the big thing. That's what everyone cares about. Uh, let's start off with Arsenal versus Standard Liège tonight. Played the kids last time. 3-0 win for the Gunners. Probably going to do the same again, even though you'd argue that Frank Vert maybe should have beaten them despite losing 3-0 they certainly had the chances it feels like Arsenal could use the Europa League as a route into the Champions League this season doesn't it it feels like if anyone's of the English teams has got a chance to win it I'd probably go Arsenal yeah I I was just disappointed. I thought we were going to start with Dudelange versus Carabag preview. But, you know, <laughs> then again, you know, fine. If we want to do this English English agenda, then we can do. Um, yeah, I mean, Arsenal have have a chance of winning it. Let's let's not kid ourselves that they, they don't. They are one of as it stands now. They they are one of the strongest teams in the competition. Got to um, be more consistent, normally. Yeah, they do, and. It's it's a case of how long do you play the kids for? Do you get mm. to the knockout stage and then you you start playing your first team, or do you do you just trust them and and focus on the league? But like you say, it's a way into the Champions League. They got to the final last year, and they've got a better squad now than they had last year. So why not? Everyone why, goes on about Emery's it? pedigree in Europe as well, and his ability to. Emery loves the Europa League win. Yeah, he's won, he's won, won it three times, three or four times. Yeah, severe. Yeah, there you go. Can you see Standard Liège offering any kind of issue tonight? They've played in England eight times. They've lost seven of those games. You no. just fancy Arsenal to go through this should, one. I think it's just Arsenal a formality, score, it feels like, a little bit. I think they'll score yeah. four or five tonight. Yeah. I against think, an Arsenal, uh, against a Standard Liège team that aren't pulling up any trees at the minute. I think Liège aren't as good as Frankfurt. No. And Arsenal put three past Frankfurt. 
even though they well, were like a I said, bit they poor. maybe shouldn't have. Yeah, it was just, Frankfurt just didn't take their chances. That was the story yeah. of that game. Pretty but I don't much. think Liège will get the chances in the first place. I think it'll be much more comfortable for for Arsenal. The two, the two good going forward, Arsenal. I mean, that, that front three when they're on song, are, you know, are superb. And I think Pepe will find a bit of form, uh, you know, in as he struggles to adapt, you know, to coming over here. Might um, find his level yeah, <laughs> against Belgian think, opposition. Uh, he, well, yeah, but I just think oh, he'll it, come good, Pepe. Yeah, he full will faith do. I have as well. You know, some of the stuff that he achieved in you know, previous seasons it, it was superb. But Arsenal's problem is going to be the defense this season all day. That's what's going to ultimately let them down. And I think if they can sort that out, you know, who knows what'll happen. No doubt we'll have a little bit more analysis of the Arsenal game tomorrow. We've got Fergal Brennan, our Arsenal fan on the podcast, who loves to chat the Gunners. The interesting <laughs> thing I thought though was. Uh, Meta Özil not appearing in the squad, supposedly not appearing in the squad again. Mm. Seems to be left out. I don't, what it doesn't seem to be an injury. It just seems to be there's something wrong with the relationship of the player or the player itself. And we've talked about a move away from Arsenal for probably two seasons now, but it doesn't seem to be happening. Is he not just at home protecting his house so he doesn't get <laughs> carjacked again? <laughs> it's a weird scenario, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's. I mean, all we can do is speculate, really, as yeah, to what might be going on there. But it's just, difficult to see anything happening it's, other it's than weird. his contract ending now. It is weird because, like, yeah. from a tactical point of view, like, if you're looking at how Arsenal might line up, if they've got that front three, Ozil can literally only play as a number 10 behind a behind a striker mm. or or two strikers. But So to get Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette and Ozil in the same team when they're all fit and, and ready to play is is really hard. So maybe Emery's just saying, if I get these three sorted without Ozil, then we can sell him in January or sell him at the end of the season or whatever. But it's not putting him in the squad, though, mate. Yeah, he's not in there. Yeah. He's not you in there. So for me, it's very clearly something's gone on behind the scenes. Emery just doesn't fancy him anymore. I mean, he's, he's free to sign for someone else from January, isn't he? You know, if it's in, on the continent. Um, I just think Arsenal will just be prepared to just go see you later to him. You know, they, they don't think they'll be any worse off without him. And um, it's a shame because I think there's a player in there somewhere. And I think when he did burst onto the scene with Germany in the World Cup when he when he was young, mm. when he had that uh, all, you know, like the likes of Muller coming through and everything like that, mm. um, I had quite high hopes for him. And, and he, he did slightly better at Real Madrid than he's done at Arsenal. But I still think he could do a job for someone. I think his wages are going to be a massive problem, though. Until you said that, Marley, it didn't occur to me that the kind of traditional number 10 position, mm. which in historically has seen some of the most talented players in the Premier League in that position is kind of a little bit in the past now very few teams play with the traditional number 10 yeah it's because it it kind of restricts you a little bit because a lot of teams like wingers now and mm. wingers you know wing backs you don't see too many number 10s in in a wing back a team that plays with wing backs uh, if you got three up front you can't really have a number 10 a proper number 10 as well you've got to kind of have a centre box-to-box midfielders yeah, yeah. and it's a tough one because if you're just a number 10 I look at like Lanzini at West Ham for example he sometimes gets moved wide and stuff doesn't mm. he so Ozil for example can't play anywhere else because he's too slow to play out wide and he's he's all left-footed and he needs that middle of the pitch where he can use his intelligence to get him some space but if you're not playing him like that he's kind of a passenger and it's kind of like he doesn't fit into into a system it's funny though, you know when you see like a graphic come up and you see a team going four four two, you're like, 
Oh, old school. You know, so there is something to be said in that, and I think you know the, these kind of roles have massively changed. But it's all with the the birth of how teams start mm. playing now. We're coming out from the back and everything. I mean, Inter Milan did it really well in the new camp last night as well. Yeah, you know, playing out from the back. Conte's took his his three five two there, and he's yeah. changing completely. So. Mm. so yeah, they might be a half decent team when he's, he he properly gets uh, yeah. stuck in. Next up, we've got Wolves versus Besiktas. Uh, important win over Watford at the weekend for Wolves. I mean, someone said it could be the turning point of their season. It's a bit early to make a call like that when you're beating Watford. But, I mean, it's a weird one for Wolves, this, because it's been so long since they've played in Europe. They've not won a game in a major European competition since the 1980s. So it's going to feel like they want to get a win tonight. But at the same time, they haven't got the biggest squad. Europe has clearly been a bit of distraction for them in terms mm. of the Premier League. They don't really have the depth to play the kids. So how do you play this one of your Nuno Sanchez? I don't know, with with going away to Besiktas... Which is a tough trip a, anyway, isn't it? it? Is, yeah, it is not an easy... I mean, we haven't, have we got the cliche, Bell? Yeah, I've got it's it here. Not so. an easy place to go. There you it's go. like a bit in QI, that, isn't it? <laughs> you <laughs> knew it was coming. Cliche, Bell, that buzzed whiz thing before what is going on in this podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah Besiktas is the most intimidating atmosphere so if you go there as a team that's not playing that well at the minute mm. it's not a place where you just get your confidence back <laughs> it's just it's one of them where it's like oh shit we're going to have to grin and bear this because Besiktas is still a good side they're not I mean they got to the quarterfinals of the Champions League a couple of years ago they're not that team anymore mm. they've struggled in the league a little bit since then they've um they missed out on the title last year as well to Istanbul Basaksehir, here, which Ashley Cole struggled to pronounce when they went into the Europa League. Um but they're they're still decent and I would suggest that they're not gonna struggle with Wolves. I just think Wolves going there it's it's just tough. It's a long bloody way to Turkey. It'd be a well. result for them though, because Basiktas have lost the last two in the Europa League. Yeah. So, you know, the pressure's on them to, to get a win tonight as well. We've talked before about potentially Wolves kind of abandoning the Europa League and just focusing on the Premier League and kind of going, well, it's not going to work. We can't fight on both fronts. But it's just not really an option for them. Mm. That's the difficult situation they kind of find themselves in because, as you've said before, Marley, the relentlessness of the Europa League, you can't Firstly just drop Sunday. out of it. You can't just lose and go, right, that's it, we're out. And they kicked out of the competition. Right. You've got to play these leagues, and they've got to be using their players in their slightly six, smaller six squad. games in it. You know, and they've mm-hmm. had to go through all the qualifying as well because they started their season in like really early in July. You know, to yeah. get through it, but they've got to go to these teams home. You know, play them home and away. And I just think it's really taxing. I mean, they're better equipped than Burnley are, but even the way that Wolves are struggling is a real eye opener for teams that have got aspirations to, you know, get into that competition. Because if you imagine Everton getting in there, mm-hmm. the form that they're in at the minute. Uh, you know, it'd just be a think, nightmare for them. I think this is Wolves' tenth Europa League game of the season. Yeah, because they've had wow. two, they've had four qualifying rounds of two October. legs each. I know, and then they played uh, Braga and got beat, and mm. then now Besiktas. So it's like, oh, you like quarterfinals, semi-finals in the Champions League, though, right? Is it what twelve games to win the Champions League? Is it something so, like that? Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, but, the final English interest in the Europa League tonight is Manchester United playing away at AZ Alkman. Pogba is supposedly missing again, despite playing against Rochdale and then playing at the weekend as well. He's injured again now. Same injury. He's got his foot knocked up or something like that. Anyway, knocked up. That's not the right phrase. Kathy Bates in misery. He's injured his foot in some way. Which United's going to turn up tonight then? I mean, is it going to be 
the one that struggled against Rochdale. Are they going to be able to get a result in the artificial pitch as well? Which yeah. is the big talking point, I think. Solskjaer's described it as the worst pitch he's seen in a long time. Wow. Yeah. How to win friends and influence people. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Phil Jones's ankles on a <laughs> on a rubber pitch. Which I suppose is probably why Pope was actually not playing. Yeah. It's because it probably it's, it's supposed it's to probably similar. I think Kilman got a pitch like this as well. A lot of teams have, especially yeah. European teams yeah. with not, not a big budget. Mm. But um it's not, isn't it, not at Alkmaar's stadium because they've isn't there I think their stadium's still been I think it got hit by a storm and it basically ripped one of the stands out. So right. I think it's at Addo Den Haag Stadium. Yeah. It's uh, so the, if there's any Man United fans listening, don't go to Alkmaar Stadium. <laughs> yeah. You it's need to the, go to Den Haag. It's at the Cars Jean Stadium, built for the 2013 Hockey World Cup after the part of the roof at AZ Alkmaar's own stadium, 40 miles away, collapsed in August. There you go. Look, I'm sensing, boys, that we've not got a lot to say about this game. <laughs> I just think it's a difficult one on a difficult pitch. Um, he's saying he's not going to risk Pogba tonight. Um, I don't expect anything except the Man United win to be fair maybe yeah. kind of 2-1-2-0 two, two, yeah it's just going to be the, the that Europa League side isn't it Rocco that'll be interesting Rocco will be doing Rabonas everywhere again um, you'll have Greenwood starting uh, you know Chong maybe Jim uh, James Garner they're all having a Chong <laughs> <laughs> I mean the main thing for United tonight is get the three points obviously but avoid injuries because it, we do know that, yeah. I mean, I don't really understand why artificial pitches are supposed to aggravate injuries more than physical pitches, like normal pitches, but yeah. apparently that is the, the argument. So well, when I used to play on goals in Manchester near, <laughs> near the Apollo, I couldn't walk for three days after, you know what I mean? So yeah. just to put it into a bit of context. <laughs> it just puts a bit more strain on your joints, that's all. Okay, right, we're going to wrap up with a celebration of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, former Manchester United player, 37 years old today, but like he says, he's a fine wine. He keeps on getting better with age. So we're going to finish with some classic Zlatan quotes. What I want you guys to do is guess the context or remember the context mm. in which he said these quotes. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah Buzz right, in. Go. <laughs> Buzz in. Right, first one. Zlatan doesn't do auditions. He, when and why did he say that? I think he said that when he had a trial at Arsenal. Yeah, the trial at Arsenal. Correct. Well, he refused to have a trial yeah, at well, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he didn't do auditions. Next one. First I went left, he did two. Then I went right, he did two. Then I left again and he went to buy a hot dog. <laughs> what was he talking about in that scenario? I don't know. Was that the... Oh, was it the... Did he have a fight in training with someone? No, it was playing against Liverpool. Oh, and he it? turned Liverpool defender Stefan Hinchos inside oh. and out. He didn't play against Liverpool then, did he? Well, that's what Zlatan's saying, and you don't doubt the Zlatan. I'm sorry, Must have been That was like 2001 to 2003 Julio, wasn't it? Maybe Ajax, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he's there, yeah. Right, let's do one more. When you buy me, you're buying a Ferrari. If you drive a Ferrari, you put premium petrol in the tank. You hit the motorway and you step on the gas. He filled up the tank with diesel and took it for a spin in the countryside. He should have bought a Fiat. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is Zlatan Ibrahimovic talking about there? He's talking about Pep there, is he? Because, <laughs> you know, he didn't um, have a particularly good time at Barcelona and Pep then decided to get rid of him, didn't he? 100%. That's He's right. talking about oh, his single geez, season yeah. at Barcelona under Pep yeah. Guardiola. Well done. Thank you very much, boys. Happy birthday to Zlatan Ibrahimovic as well. Whatever change. I'm sure he'll be listening. I'm sure he is. Uh, (laughs) Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next time, which is tomorrow on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. 